This is In the Know for Thursday, November 30, the 334th day of 2023. There are 31 days left in the year. Good morning, MD, guiding you through In the Know at K105. On Litchfield's country station, 1039 The Moose. Live online at K105.com via the Apple and Android smartphone app. Using the SoundCloud, iTunes, or Spotify podcast on Facebook, on YouTube, on the platform formerly known as Twitter, and the hashtag is in the know. Coming up today, we'll update you on the latest news headlines from around the community, the county, the Commonwealth, and the country. We'll be joined by Dr. Escudero from Owensboro Health Twin Lakes. He's in family medicine there. We'll introduce you to him. We'll do that and a whole lot more coming up today. Here on in the no settling into my left rolling Mach 9 with her hair on fire. Here's my beautiful wife, the beautiful girl. It's me. Good morning, sweetheart. Good morning. How you doing? I'm good. You know how you get irked when you see a person's poor grammar on exhibit uh, most anywhere, but including social media? Yes. And it bothers you. Mm-hmm. And you point out also you give public service announcements I like do. the difference between sell and sale mm-hmm. and uh, there, there, and there, and, and good things like yes. that. Um, a study finds that bad grammar makes people physically more stressed. The more grammatical mistakes a person hears, the more their heart rate changes to indicate higher levels of stress. So my point is, it's okay that you feel that wow. way. Wow. Okay. Right? It's not just you. It's, no. It's, it's most not. anyone who knows proper grammar, bad grammar irks them to no end. Yes. Did I, I, yes. Did but, I make any grammatical errors in anything I just said? Not, any, okay, not any that I heard. If you're going to be critical about grammar, you got to make sure you're on point. You know, <laughs> it's your best grammar game possible. He's a five-time winner of the coveted Ohio News Hawk Award. He's the two-time Silver Sound nominee covering every corner of the globe. London, Budapest, Rio, Tokyo, and even Horntown. He's Sam Gormley. And the Sparks. Morning, Sam. Morning, Ralph. How you doing? Uh, good. How are you? I'm feeling proud. Proud of? Proud of the Cougar Marching Band. Oh. It's, it's Cougar Marching Band Day today. It is. I should have mentioned that in the opening. That not only is it the day is the day, but it is... Cougar Marching Band Day. It's it's been proclaimed by two people that if they can't proclaim it, I don't know who can proclaim it. Uh, did you get to participate in yes. this yesterday? Yes. So you saw uh, there's uh, there the Carol of the Bells, Aaron and Ashley, and then Judge Henderson. He prints his name by the way. He doesn't have a signature. It just he, he may just write an X. For all, but he signed a proclamation, and Mayor Miller signed a proclamation. He got to speak to the band students and a nice photograph. So it just in uh, recognition of having their oh, we got an L's down from the ju- we got L's down at and, the at the proclamation. I don't and, I'm and confused. You see who he's looking at? Oh, he's looking at the mayor. That's right. Mm-hmm. I forgot the mayor is a Mel's a Mel, uh, L's up guy. All right, so it looks like they had fun. Yeah, no, it, it was good. Fun? Yes, it was, it was good. Cox there, I see yes, her on the She end. was in there. Uh, it's uh, It was a good group, and I'm glad that they, they got recognized. Uh, b- by the way, both those guys, former Grayson County band products. Yes, it's ju- in the, ju- it, if you go to the story, k105.com, they do mention... Mentioned both of those things. I knew that uh, Mayor Miller was a uh, trombonist. I had forgotten that you and uh, you and Mayor Miller were both. Um, we bonded over it. Fraternal sack butt players. <laughs> um, 
If you don't know what a sack butt is, look it up. <laughs> Grammar hammer. That's be, pretty good. Be the hammer. Well, thanks for covering that, Sam. I'm so uh, happy for the Cougar Band doing great things this past season. Yes, yeah, so in this month, in the last month alone, you've had uh, Grace County Football Week and Grace County Band Day, so it's good. Yeah, you can't you can't beat that. Uh, I have it on pretty good authority too that the at least a bell, maybe the bells, maybe more than the bells, will be here in a couple of weeks. They have their big combined winter concert coming up on the 19th, and I think they're going to be here a week out from that to help get us ready for for that event. You well, I do forward know to that? that the, yeah, when the mayor talked to him, he says, now that you t- told them all, he says, now that you know that today's your day, you can do whatever you want. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Did they give him keys to the city? Uh, no. Hmm. Interesting. No. <laughs> uh, windy, warmer, it will be our day before rain will return later in the day. And the later we get, the more the rain chances go up. There's a 100% chance for the day, but it will be shifted to the latter part of the day and continue. Uh, rain chances will kind of drop back down in the uh, overnight hours. Partly cloudy, 60 today. It'd be nice to see 60 again. Rain light, uh, rain late tonight and 45. And then morning rain, windy afternoon showers tomorrow and a high of 60. And then some rain chances holding around Saturday and Sunday, really, through through uh, Wednesday, there is a chance, or at least a mentionable chance of rain, rolling us right up to the launch of Hanukkah next Thursday. Sam, you made Hanukkah plans? Yeah. Hmm. No Hanukkah plans? Uh, in addition to the nation saying goodbye to former First Lady Rosalind Carter yesterday in Plains, Georgia, she uh, was interred there. Uh, you, could see, you can see her gravesite from the front porch of their home. I read yesterday, and so it was a private ceremony in Plains, uh, raised in, born in Plains, raised in Plains, and buried uh, he, uh, physically, eternally in Plains. So a um, lot of people eulogizing. I also noticed yesterday Henry Kissinger, a uh, long-term diplomat. Henry Kissinger has uh, lived to age of 100 yesterday. Some of his diplomacy is even labeled as Kissinger diplomacy. Henry Kissinger is someone that, had he not been born in Germany, he has a very good chance of serving our nation as a vice president or serving in the Senate or what, just an amazing amount of wisdom and involvement and counseling. He had the ear of many presidents, officially and unofficially. So uh, well done to, to Henry Kissinger. The uh, local news headlines of the day, nearly a dozen members of the Litchfield Fire Department assisted at a structure fire across Rough River Lake over in Breckenridge County. It happened yesterday morning about 5.30. LFD got a request from McDaniels to assist in a large garage fire on South River Bend Road just across the Grayson-Breck County line. The fire had spread to a wooded area. They found a garage, a vehicle uh, had collapsed under the fire. They sent uh, 10 firefighters to the scene. They spent about an hour extinguishing the blaze, and they cleared about 641 yesterday morning. All right, what else to tell you about? A Breckenridge County teenager has been indicted on a homicide charge following a deadly crash in Hardin County. 19-year-old Zachary Duke of McDaniels was indicted by a Hardin County grand jury for reckless homicide in the June 2022 death of 66-year-old Wilburn Robert Sisko of Vine Grove. Duke is accused of running a stop sign while driving at excessive speeds 
at the intersection of North Logston Parkway and Hillcrest Drive in June of 2022. Duke struck Cisco's vehicle, killing the U.S. Army veteran. He was also indicted on a fourth-degree assault charge after his passenger, Taylor Herbig, was injured in the collision. Duke, who pled not guilty to the charges earlier this week, is lodged in the Hardin County Detention Center on a $10,000 cash bond, or at least uh, was lodged, if not uh, still is. State police are looking for a Muhlenberg County man who disappeared two months ago. 52-year-old Brett Kelly of Central City last spoke with family members about two months ago. He stands six feet tall, 155 pounds, brown hair, hazel eyes, possibly a beard. You can see a picture of him at K105.com. He is known to drive a blue 1990 Ford Aerostar. And if you have information, the state police would love to hear from you at 676-3313. We are rolling into, uh, we're kind of on the doorstep of a 60-day legislative session that will begin in January, what they call the long session. They have to do the biennial budget. They will get that uh, ironed out. They are also in the process of pre-filing bills that they intend to take up, I would presume another layer of tax reform, another round of tax reform will be eyed. So that will be in the news. But weeks before that session begins, a nonpartisan group, the Kentucky League of Women Voters, found a study that they did. Lawmakers have increasingly relied on fast-track maneuvers to pass bills, which it says can give Kentuckians little or no time to offer input The group urged lawmakers to slow down and give constituents more time to weigh in on legislation. The analysis showed 25 years ago, fewer than 5% of bills that became law used uh, one or more fast-track procedural maneuvers. That frequency started increasing rapidly in 2002, and by nearly 2022, nearly one-third of the bills that passed the House and almost 25% of the bills that passed the Senate were fast-tracked in ways that made public participation more difficult. I will tell you there is kind of a whiplash factor to this uh, as someone who had to be involved in some of the um, legislative sausage making uh, within the last couple of years. You do not have time to get caught flat-footed on some of these things at the rate in which they move through the legislature. And so some of what the League of Women Voters are trying to educate us about are very valid points. They make some recommendations uh, to as they roll into the 60-day session of allowing at least one full day between the last legislative committee action on a bill and a floor vote in the House or Senate on the measure means they can't basically uh, just roll it out onto the main floor from committee in the, in the same day and be finished with it. Holding the three bill readings on three separate days after a committee sends a bill to the House or Senate for a vote and allowing at least one full day between a House-Senate conference committee's changes to a bill and when the House or Senate voted on the revised bill. I understand there might be legislation. You and the clock starts running on the you know 58th, 59th, 60th day. They usually hold back a couple of days for veto overrides. And so managing this legislative calendar is uh, is a challenge. And there might be legislation that I would like for them to hurry up and move through at the end of the session, like get this accomplished because you, you're running out of time. But I also think that here in this day and age that uh, we make priorities are what we make them. And if you really want to get something accomplished in a session, understand the back timing of it. In order to have a vote on it, 
then we need to just walk it back and go, what day do we need to start this? What day do we need to introduce this? And what schedule do we have to keep to hit these milestones? If it appears that you're deliberately trying to compress something into a short period of time so that no one's paying any attention, then that's bad. So why would the optics, how could the optics be bad for Kentuckians to say we're going to have a very deliberate schedule that this is going to keep to give shareholders and stakeholders an opportunity to uh, involve themselves? And I, I think that's a valid, a valid question. Whether it's a bill you're in favor of or whether it's a bill you're against, there's no sense in um, basically cranking it out one day and voting on it later tonight and that being that. Mm-hmm. Especially when you have supermajority, like there's no one standing in the way other than the Supreme Court to be able to do something, whether you like it or whether you don't. Good news: U.S. life expectancy rose last year, but remains below its pre-pandemic level. It rose by more than a year, but isn't close to what it was before the COVID nineteen pandemic. It is back to seventy six, seventy seven years, six months. At one point in time, we were 78 years, 10 months in 2019. Then we went to 77 years in 2020. Then 76 years, five months in 2021. But maybe have turned things going the other direction. I thought it was funny uh, heading into yesterday that the Cardinals, the, the Louisville Cardinals, they were jawing back and forth with Bellarmine. Like, Bell. Like that had suddenly turned into some type of rivalry, and I I thought, my, how the mighty have fallen if you're skirmishing with mm-hmm. Bellerman trying to keep from avoiding uh, back-to-back losses to Bellerman. But after being down at halftime last night, the Cardinals did beat Bellerman 73-68. Mm-hmm. to 68. But wouldn't you think that Louisville should be jawing with somebody else? You know, well, because so, they found the guy's tights, right? The correct ones? I can't believe that. <laughs> Listen, you know, we. I knock, feel like she would at least get a what? kick out of that. Yeah, we knock on young people a lot about. But Coach Payne, uh, after the game, was asked why somebody didn't play, and he said, "You're not going to believe this." And he even said, "I can't believe that I'm even I'm, telling that you I'm this. even telling you this, and I probably shouldn't be telling you." And this. he probably should have. And he probably should not have because now it's going to be it's out there forever. But one of his players said that they didn't have the tights that he wanted, and so because of that, he just didn't think he could play. And to be clear, they were not tights they had ever had for him. It was not like they were out of the right tights. This was an ask that, so this is where we are with teenagers. I was going to say, if there's one thing in sports that she'd even be like, what? Tights? She's wondering, why are we wearing tights? Why are we wearing tights? Compression tights. Because they look cool. Those sleeves, yeah. They they look something. we got to get to a break. Dr. Escudero from Owensboro Health Twin Lakes is here. We're going to get familiar with him, introduced to him, and uh, learn more about uh, the important services and family medicine from Owensboro Health Twin Lakes. Hang around. More on the way here on In the Know. Today is International Computer Security Day. It is also Stay Home Because You're Well Day. It's also the day we say good morning and welcome to Dr. Escudero from uh, Family Medicine at Owensboro Health Twin Lakes. Good morning, Dr. Escudero. Welcome. Good morning. Thank you for having me. It is, uh, it's hard to stay well this time of year. It's easier said than done, but also they don't bother to tell us this until we're already out and about. So too late to stay home because we're well. <laughs> you know, yeah. uh, good to see you. Glad you're here. I know you're getting settled in in the community first at Escudero is correct? Yes, Escudero. Escudero is correct. And 
Now, uh, your given name, if you grow up in Grayson County, some person would call that Ivan. Other parts of the world, they might call it Yvonne. Is it Ivan? Yes, Ivan. Dr. Ivan. But Dr. Ivan, I understand. Dr. Ivan Escudero, you hail from north of the border, like way up north. Yeah, the Arctic north of Canada. (laughs) The Arctic north of Canada. Born and raised there? Yep. Born on skates, too. Born the stereotype. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> it is true. I have a question about skates that we'll get to uh, sure. mom- momentarily. But I read a little bit about your bio, and it was it some type of uh, cold weather revenge because <laughs> you were raised in Canada, Canada, but trained and educated in the Caribbean. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I've I've lived all over the place, but the Caribbean. That's where I went to medical school for the first two years. It was amazing. I mean, I. Uh, went to class in shorts and flip-flops and then I did my third and fourth year in the United States and went back to the cold but it was a great experience I loved every minute of it wish I could go back (laughs) you're one of the few people that I've ever met that would say Detroit was in the south you know (laughs) well it's a it's a stone throw away from where my folks live and from where I grew up so it wasn't too far away okay so uh when did you know you wanted to uh choose medicine as a career path uh, and and why uh, ever since I was a child, I've always grown towards, had this interest in medicine, well, science specifically. Um, I remember when I was with my grandfather, he would take me to these garage sales and he would buy me these anatomy books. And I would get this piece of paper and just trace over a bunch of the pictures and try to memorize them. And then over the years, I just gained more interest in that. And throughout university, um, I wanted to pursue medicine, you know, with all the knowledge and and everything that it it encompasses, uh, I just gravitated towards that. And here I am a few years later. <laughs> just out of curiosity, uh, what did your grandfather do f- as a profession? Um, back in Peru, that's where he was from. He was an accountant. And then okay. when he came to Canada, he, he retired. He was an older age. Okay. Well, the reason I ask, we have uh, family medicine and we have accounting in our family. So it's, okay, uh, awesome. it's odd uh, odd that we have that intersection. What was it about family medicine that uh, got your attention? Uh, Well, when I was in medical school, uh, I was kind of playing the field with different specialties. But once I did my family medicine rotation, I fell in love with the specialty. I mean, being the first point of contact for many patients and having that physician-patient relationship and growing with the patients over time, that really hit home for me, especially with my core values with um, family, essentially. And being an extension of patients' family, I think, is important to me. That's how I was raised. Those are my values. Um, and all everything that it encompasses, doing minor procedures, seeing from cradle to grave, and seeing a multitude of uh, different pathologies, I, it, it's a specialty that fits my personality. I love it. I love it. <laughs> Which is very interesting to me because when I think of family medicine, my grandfather was a general practitioner or what people call, you know, family doctor. He, he saw <laughs> patients of all ages and all conditions. It's odd that it's called a specialty. You know, the fact that we're the it's I look at the other actual specialists and say, well, that's I specialize in ortho or I specialize in radiology or whatever it might be. I would also kind of liken. I know you'll probably like the sports metaphor that a family medicine physician is also a little bit maybe like a head coach, right? You're evaluating all the various things and components that are coming together, and you're involving those specialists, that offensive coordinator or that defensive coordinator, in taking a whole health approach to your patient's wellness. Yes, absolutely. I mean, 
just as you mentioned, being that head coach or even as a quarterback coordinating the care with different specialists and family medicine in itself is a very unique specialty. It requires board certification, rigorous testing, um, and there's new up-to-date guidelines that come out every single day. Um, And it gets more and more challenging each day. And a lot of people don't realize the amount of things that we can do in family medicine. Um, Even the minor procedures, we can work in the urgent care and the emergency department. We can even deliver babies. And, you know, with my training, it was so robust and amazing that I feel comfortable doing uh, holistic, traditional type of medicine. Yeah, you've got a broad spectrum that you can take into consideration. (laughs) And I often wonder that about specialists. I know that uh, surgeons and great surgeons, world-class surgeons are very successful and they specialize in their field and continuing education and that's just they they feel that was their purpose of what they went into medicine for but i often wonder if there's some level of boredom for those specialists is like well all i got to do is deal with feet or you know it seemed like to me i would i think i would like your pace and opportunity more because you really get to see lots of different things every day yeah exactly i mean you never know what you're going to see when you go into the next patient room it it really varies and that's the uniqueness about family medicine and then these patients they they trust you they build that trust over time and sometimes from my experience they would take my opinion over some of the specialists which is very unique but um it's 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 awesome i love every minute of it different physicians if you spend time with them learn a little bit more about their background or kind of their approach to life or their outlook you'll be able to kind of get the feeling for a different type of philosophy different physicians have different types of philosophies what's the best way to describe your approach or your philosophy beyond the hippocratic oath uh, I think um, there's a, a great quote said by Dr. William Osler, uh, a good physician treats the disease, a great physician treats the patient who has the disease. And I think that's a great approach. Every patient has unique circumstance, different culture, different experience. And I think taking that holistic approach, understanding the patient at a fundamental level, they're human like any, anyone else. I think that way... Um, understanding that can actually facilitate their care and help deliver high-quality care. And I take that to heart, and I really take the time to understand my patients and their families as well. The best physicians I've always noticed, and I had, as I mentioned, have one in the family, so I at least have some front-row experience to, to uh, how it's done effectively. But I have always observed that the best physicians, while they may be treating you or measuring your pulse or your blood pressure or listening to your symptoms, or they might have the steth on your back. A lot of times what they're doing is they're measuring what's going on in your cranium, right? It's, it's more <laughs> about listening as much as it is about reading a, a, a BP reading and such. Right, exactly. The patient's telling you everything that you need to know right there. They just need to listen. We have been in this uh, big shift from what we call old-time medicine to very modern medicine is very technical it's very uh I, I i don't mean to diminish it by saying web md-ish but it's very <laughs> you know there's vast uh vast amounts of data and information and sharing among colleagues has there been a, a swing back in the other direction to say hey let's find some balance in the profession and take data and technology is good but physicians have been caring for patients for thousands of years let's not lose our heritage 
I mean, medicine changes every single day, um, and there's different guidelines, different approaches to techniques and, and new research every single day. I think the most important point is just taking that collaborative approach, looking at all the data, and then making an informed decision and working collaboratively, not only in your own specialty, but with other specialties as well. And with family medicine, um, it, it's important to consider, you know, the American Academy of Sports Medicine, of gastroenterology, of OBGYN, and, you know, compile all that data and make an informed um, medical decision. What I love about what you just said about changing every day is there's a headline every day the last few months, Manjaro, Ozempic, <laughs> you know, talk about medicine changing suddenly. And my guess is you're getting a lot of inquiries all of a sudden from people who are not diabetic patients, but say, tell me about this Ozempic or tell me about this Manjaro or Wegovi. You're having conversations about this now that you weren't having a year ago, right? <laughs> yeah, it's... um. I mean, you hear about it in the news and the media all the time, and some celebrities say, hey, this wonder drug, I lost X amount of pounds from it, just try it. And it's a very, those drugs are very expensive, but a lot of patients, you know, they're curious about that. And I think it's important to have an open discussion with the patient to uh, not only discuss about their medical conditions, but about, you know, the risks and benefits of the drug, um, but making that clinical decision if they need that medication. Sure. Far north in Canada, mm-hmm. um, lived in the Caribbean. <laughs> Owensboro is somewhere about midway between that Owensboro Litchfield. What was it about Owensboro Health that brought you to the region? Uh, when uh, when I was in my residency, I was looking for for jobs, and then uh, I came across Owensboro Health, and then met with the recruiters, met with uh, everyone else here. I, I I went on a went out on a whim, and then I connected with people, and then the community it was it, it was it was great and then the rest is history here I am. what was it about Litchfield specifically when you came and did your and we, we know that everyone does some type of recruiting visit or at least does some due diligence on a community what was it about Litchfield that stood out to you um the community was very um open and many people were welcoming I loved the greenery uh, and everything so close by and the hospital from a lot of houses were very close. I mean, the commute was just a few minutes away. And the highway is not too far. And it's a very nice location that's not too far from Louisville as well as Nashville. So it was very, I, I, I like that. And I like the small town feel. I mean, I grew up in a small town in, in Canada. And when I did my family medicine clinical rotation in medical school, that was a rural town. And that was something that I was looking for. So when I was a, a high school a student, we had the beginnings of what was called exchange students, where it started where we would have kids from Iowa that come to Grayson County for some period of time, and kids from Grayson County would go to Iowa. I envision this as some type of cultural exchange where we're teaching you basketball, but you're teaching us ice hockey. Is that right? <laughs> yeah, I, I, I mean, basketball, <laughs> I'm, I'm not that great. At I, I have a lot to learn with that, and I haven't played hockey in a while, back when my vision was better and I was way thinner, but uh, <laughs> yeah. it's, it's been a while. But you still undergain, understand the game probably far better than any of us. Beyond the uh, stereotypical hockey, what uh, what interests and hobbies are uh, fascinating to you and do you enjoy participating in? Uh, I love playing guitar. Uh, believe it or not, I used to be in a band. Uh, <laughs> I had long hair, and this, that was a long time ago. Um, but 
not just playing music, but uh, barbecue, traveling. I'm a very avid traveler. I've been to so many countries with my family. Um, I, I like <laughs> playing chess. I, I know that's yeah. one of my – I love playing that every single day, yeah. to be honest. Uh, just hanging out with friends, watching movies, you know, quality time. That's some of my hobbies. Okay. Uh, now, I'm going to get criticized later if if I don't ask you – what type of music did this band play? <laughs> so we played melodic hardcore. Um, we uh, we we were going to go down that pathway. Um, music was something that I've always wanted to do, and they're they're still my best friends to this day, even though we we went our separate ways. But it was hard rock, melodic hardcore. Our uh, music, you can actually. Find it on Spotify and, and Apple Music, and <laughs> as funny as that is, we, we were we were young, but um, that's yeah, okay. that's that's something that we like. And <laughs> has anyone at Owensboro Health Twin Lakes mentioned the name Jimmy Mattingly to you by any chance? Uh, I don't recall. Okay, as a musician, if someone with musical training, uh, ask around about Jimmy Mattingly and. Next thing you know, between your chess matches, you may be learning to play the violin, <laughs> or as we call it around here, uh, the fiddle. But anyway, very successful musician that uh, you will enjoy his story. Awesome. Uh, your practice at Owensboro Health, uh, you're in Litchfield uh, exclusively? Yes. Is that right? Yes. And I presume you're you're taking, uh, you're trying to build a patient base and taking on patients. How would I go about uh, choosing you as a physician? Yeah. Um, I mean, you can drop by, uh, it's at Cave Bland at uh, the Twin Lakes Hospital. You can call our phone number at 270-259-8888. Uh, I see patients from cradle to grave, uh, as young as newborns to the elderly of patients. Uh, just call you can ask for Dr. Escudero or to make it easier, Dr. E. Dr. Um, e. Dr. E. And, uh, yeah, schedule an appointment with me. And I, I offer a ton of services, even minor procedures. I do everything, um, pap smears, joint injections, you name it. Uh, I also know that on the Owensboro Health website, there's a patient, uh, there's a physician finder portal. So you can also uh, look under Dr. E there and find all the contact information. It's a simple click. So thanks for coming in. It's a pleasure to meet you. Welcome to uh, Litchfield and Kentucky. And I'm also going to be criticized if I don't ask you the name of the band. You mentioned it was on Apple and Spotify. <laughs> yeah, I was going to look it up. Yeah, yeah. Hero from the start. Hero. And, from, yeah, thank from you for start. having me. Okay. Good, good to see you. Come back sometime soon, okay? Thank you. Uh, Dr. Escudero, family medicine from Owensboro Health Twin Lakes. Uh, practicing medicine there. we got to get to a break. We'll come back. Got more on the way. Hang around here on In the Know. Today's Did You Know is brought to you by Litchfield Memorial Chapel, providing Grayson County with compassionate, professional funeral, cremation, and pre-need services. Litchfield Memorial Chapel celebrating life one family at a time, 259-4566 or litchfieldmemorialchapel.com. Did you know if it happened before the year 476 A.D., it's ancient? After 476 A.D., it's medieval. Ancient before 476, medieval after 476, up to so, what point? 1976, so I guess. You're medieval and the sheriff is ancient? <laughs> he is definitely ancient, without a doubt. Uh, also, did you know, I think this is a good opportunity to listen to Michael Bublé here. So, did you know that at Christmas in the Park this year, thanks to a special partnership between uh, K105 Digital Productions, Owensboro Health Twin Lakes, Cormark, and Litchfield Tourism, 
when they light up the park tomorrow night, you'll immediately start being able to tune in to a special radio frequency right there at the park, and you'll get a special soundtrack that has been uh, curated and provided by K105 Owensboro Health and um, Cormark. So it's a nice, uh, it's a nice new touch for you to be able to flip over when you enter the park and get a, a great selection of music. And by the way, I saw a look at the playlist. It I was going to say, I heard it's really it good. Is, it is okay. very good. When I glanced over it, I was like, oh, Ooh, that's going to be. Wow. All it's right. got a lot of the. It has a lot of the newer class, the mm-hmm. newer stuff that you like, but then there's, you know, there's a occasional, there's like, like a Bing Crosby thrown in there. Is this like a, a tootin' known horn thing? Not or? at all. No, yeah. no. Uh, Gertie did it. Gertie yeah. put the playlist oh. together. Listen. And uh, I just kind of looked over her shoulder. She did an outstanding mm-hmm. job. Well, then, I mean, you'll so have to would, have some dog themed ones. I wonder, uh, will Alea be singing through there? She could mm-hmm. very well. It's a, certainly a possibility. Okay. But there will be signage when you enter the park. So when you enter the park, there will be signs that show you what radio frequency to tune to. And then once you finish, you know, at the park, then you tune right back over to 104.9 and it you you go well, yeah. you go back to, to the park uh, three days later and you get a completely different musical experience. Mm-hmm. So anyway, it's because yeah, on Friday, after you drive through the park, you flip it over to 1049 and listen to the Lay Cougars. That's right. You got basketball tomorrow night. Uh, Die Hard. By the way, thanks to Dr. Escudero from Owensboro Health really for coming by. It's good, great, to, great to meet him. And um, he's uh, going to be a tremendous asset to our community. Might need hockey lessons from him. To yeah. sport I don't understand. He, he can teach you those. Mm-hmm. Die Hard is coming back to theaters just in time for Christmas. The debate pops up every year. Is Die Hard a Christmas movie? The longer I live, the more I say yes. Okay, good. I'm, I'm glad you went ahead and cleared that up for me because I was going to ask you, how do you feel? Can I tell you one of the reasons I think why it kind of the, why I got past the tipping point? What if we said no? <laughs> no, I do want to know. Seriously, I do. Well, he's on I, your screen. If Bruce Willis were still healthy and you know still yeah. had his faculties and all that stuff, I would probably be more of a hardliner and say no mm-hmm. that's not a christmas movie mm-hmm. but i have a huge amount of empathy for bruce willis and his condition and i think if you want to be a christmas movie be a christmas movie i'm fine with that okay all right really it's time time short there's no sense I in fighting i really over don't it. think i've ever watched it really no. it's a good movie i mean Hon- I know honestly it's been i don't on... think i've ever seen it on right it. Wow. I-, I know it's been on like at when I was growing up, I'm sure maybe my stepdad thought, you know, it was a Christmas movie for him. I don't know, but I don't even know what year. But By the way, it wasn't a Christmas movie for a long time. Well, mm-hmm. in the, the 25 Friends, years, it set, you know, the set Friends references, time, right? you know, they, they Die Hard is a big Friends reference as well. So, mm-hmm. I, But I don't think I've ever sat down and watched. I know I haven't. It's worth a watch. I mean, it's one of the mm-hmm. movies that also kind of launched Bruce yeah. Willis into... Bo- blockbuster megastar you know moonlighting made him a star but th- i think to watch it now for me i mean and yes i probably is worth but is it is it going to be slow no 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 it's not because slow. it's no, so action packed uh reginald l reginald l. vell johnson is in it um there are a bunch of people you're going to recognize that are in it you go oh wow oh, look God. at them Aretha Franklin's sons are awarded real estate thanks to a 2014 will found in between the couch cushions at her house. Okay. 
sure it was. Wow. How are they just now finding this? Five years after her death. Well, they're just now deciding. It, it, they found this will some time ago, but they've been, they've been fighting over whether it's valid or not. You know, for a long time, uh, we were making wills and wills and testaments without lawyers, mm-hmm. and so you would just write it out and you would mm-hmm. sign it. And this was a person's wishes and their will and testament. And I guess they've been being disregarded and fought over for millennia as well. But it comes down to a legal argument: is that if it was what she wanted, and just because it never got further than her couch, is it valid? And it has changed the way that, because she had a will that preceded this one. And so do you take the preceder or do you take the predecessor or you take the superseder? I don't know. I don't know what you do. Well, if it, she had kinda, all of her faculties when she wrote the second one, you, and I mean, I think you, you take the second. Call Jimmy McGill. He'll set it up. I know it. I, and, and I know it's been happening also, <laughs> again, for millennia. But seeing squabbles over estates and mm-hmm. loved ones passing, that's heartbreaking to me. I just, I see it and I think, eh, I don't, yeah. it's not what people would want. No, it's just it's not, not when they leave, they don't, they don't try and leave a squabble. Mm-hmm. Saturday Night Live, the last two shows of 2023 will have Adam Driver and Billie Eilish and Kate McKinnon and Olivia Rodrigo. I don't think Kate McKinnon has been back as host since she left the cast. So that's how um, we'll get Olivia Rodrigo and Billie Eilish. It's it's November the 29th. Yesterday? Show this week. No, it's. Oh, they made the announcement yesterday. That's what it was. Taylor Swift is the most streamed artist on Spotify for 2023. No surprise there. The most streamed podcast, The Joe Rogan Experience. I know that's very divisive. I've never listened to an episode of the Joe Rogan Experience. No, I don't know. I see clips, you know, various things that circle, but I've never actually where, where never was watched it. The In the Know podcast was it eleventh? Actually, oh. hmm. actually, just it was just what? just couldn't quite crack the top ten. Did we at least talk well, KSR? Moving on up. Though no, they're, they're not in the top ten either. I don't know if they're eleventh, but they're not in the top ten. Uh, Travis Kelsey and Taylor Swift. Travis Kelsey reveals the cute nickname for Taylor Swift. And I thought, oh, well, this is going to be fun. What is it? Tay. I, I could have gone without. Yet another indicator that the water doesn't run very deep. <laughs> you know my feeling on Travis Kelsey, so I'll how, just leave it there. How, how, I guess what I'm more curious to know is how many hours did he sit? And come up with that? Trying to determine what would be a clever nickname for my main squeeze now. I got it. Tay. I'm sure she's never been called that before in her life. I'm sure. Nor has she ever been called Tay Tay. Because people just don't do that. Let's get to a break. We'll come back. More on the way here on In the Note. MB's point of honor for today. This one's for you, hon. Okay. Why can't women put on mascara with their mouths closed? Uh, this has been asked before, and I I don't 
Oh, I mean, I more often my mouth is closed than open. That's true. I've observed that. Yeah, I mean, I don't. But, but, I don't. I mean, others. I, I no, think you are the I rare, go, the rare exception, though. When I go to get in the 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 corners, you may see me open my mouth and like stretch up mm-hmm. a little bit. But does that make your face stretch? Like you open your mouth, does it make your face stretch better? Is that what it mm-hmm. is? You think? Oh, yeah, try God. it at home. Yeah. That makes that makes sense. But I, I, yeah, I'm I'm not average. Good news, A Christmas Story House is back on the market, apparently. The deal fell through, so this time last year they were selling it. Mm-hmm. Mm. So I found my piece from the actual house. Oh, yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah, good. Well, last night I found that piece. Yeah, I put it up. I know. The, the cooks at one point were considering, you know, a new abode, right? Is That's true. Apparently it didn't sell to a private owner after all. The group managing it has just announced a new owner, and it's one of their own. It is the current CEO, Joshua Dickerson, oh. is listed as the owner. So the deal was they the were giving... CEO of what? Of that... It's it's an enterprise. I mean, they've got... Uh, they have a store, a museum, <laughs> a... Oh, I... I don't have on a flip flop, but no, I mean, I mean no, I'm not even you. saying this is the reason I Sam, don't. Sam, you got something else you need to do? To finish <laughs> I, up I do, right? Yeah. Because no, I mean, <laughs> I'm not even saying this like as as me not liking the movie, but in all seriousness, like it it needs a CEO. CEOs come in all sizes. If you are a legally formed entity, I don't care how mm-hmm. big or how small, you mm-hmm. gotta have. If you have articles of incorporation, you gotta have a CEO. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, he may not be. Uh, well, I'm CEO of Vandalay Industries. That's true. And That's you're true. CEO of us, right? I'm just CEO of all. Just oh. CEO of mm-hmm. everything. So anyway, if you got the coin, you can. it's like a nine-building <laughs> complex. Oh, wow. Because they bought the Bumpus House. They bought. They, they have there. They bought. It's not the whole block, but then they've got a parking lot down at the end of the street. So it, it's a. I'm going to need to see how that town is actually arranged. It. <laughs> it's like outside of Cleveland, right? Yes, yes. I'm going to see how close I am on mine. Yeah. And then, well, you forgot a building. I did. So yeah, I'm going to have to work that one in. Go back and mm-hmm. renovate your neighborhood. All right. <laughs> what else to tell you? Do, do, do. Oh, Gen Z is putting in into Christmas ornaments. Christmas ornaments will be no more after Gen Z. Gen Z is decorating their trees with ribbons and bows instead. Oh. So. That, there not you go. necessarily the worst thing in the world, I don't think, right? Oh. My, my parents will tell you exactly. They have way too many ornaments. Well, yeah. That... We have a lot. Uh, we've had to diversify. We, we no longer can be contained by one tree. No. We're not a one tree household any longer. Mm-mm. Are you one tree hill? No. I just, my thing is. The... I don't think I am. Am I? I'm not one tree hill, I'm not. No. Um, the ribbons and bows, I just, you know. Do what makes you happy to like yeah, decorate exactly. your tree. Do, do what makes you it. happy. Yeah. I you know. do you. I mean, whatever. The Golden Bachelor is on season one finale. Caught, series premiere on Discovery. Jewel Thieves, okay. Food Network, Selena and the Chef, Home for the Holidays. And on NBC, WNBC. How the Grinch Stole Christmas. Love it. Hmm. Now, this is the time of year you also figure out how um, some of the digital relationships with some of this classic mm-hmm. content does not extend. Mm-hmm. We went to 
we uh, Rudolph came the uh, Rudolph the Red Nosed Reindeer came on CBS the other night and it happened to be on CBS and it said you can't stream this this is not available for streaming on the internet I'm like it's YouTube TV this is this is TV nope it's the internet they say well it's a cougars and cougars tonight in Shepherdsville cougar on cougar crime yep back to back nights of cougars and cougars so seven o'clock on K one hundred five. Ladies are tomorrow night, correct? Yep, ladies are tomorrow night. Boys are tonight. Uh, will you head to Shepherdsville tonight for boys against Bullet Central? Paul Walker from the Fast and Furious series died this day in 2013. Ten years ago. Jeopardy fans saw Ken Jennings end his 74-game winning streak this day in 2004. Were you watching when that? He leveraged. No, I wasn't watching in 2004. I mean, I might see it in passing, uh-huh. but no. I you were not an avid watcher like was, you are now. I was not, no. That happens when you get old. Ridley Scott is 86 today. Mandy Patinkin is 71. My name is Inigo Montoya. You killed my oh, father. Okay. Prepare to die. Is Alea ready for a Princess Bride? The Princess Bride? Uh, I don't think so. No, not yet. Well, I think that you mean, you just, didn't UConn just get introduced to it? Like in the last yeah, but, year I or two? Yeah, I mean, he was, I mean, he, he's a hermit. Mom was Billy, in the last 13 or 14. Billy Idol is 68 today. Bo Jackson is 61. Ben Stiller is 58. Clay Aiken is 45. Kaylee Cuoco is 38 today. Chrissy Teigen, Teigen, however you prefer, is 38. Don't you have to penny it? with Penny. Mark Twain, born this day in 1835. Winston Churchill, born this day in 1874. Alan Sherman, born in 1924. Hello, Mata. Hello, Fada. Robert Guillaume in 1927. He played Benson on television. Dick Clark was born this day in 1929. Mm-hmm. We're going hopping. Boop. We're going hopping today. Mm-hmm. All right. Chart toppers. This is not the 1952 version, but this date in 52, Tony Bennett. We've had a lot of Tony Bennett recently. This version has Elton John on it, if you listen to it long enough. If you would only say rags to riches. Something, something tells me you're not going to let us listen to it long enough no, to hear him. Got to keep moving. Got to keep moving. Oh, oh my, my. The Four Seasons, Big Girls Don't Cry, number one in 1962. I said, oh my, my. You all want to know what my favorite Tom Petty song is? Mary Jane's Last Dance. That's a good song. My favorite. Don't cry. Bread, Baby I'ma Want You, number one in 1971. Your paper cut off there a little bit. I made a diagonal mark across it that could have. I was like, did I cover up the four part? Uh-huh. <laughs> Reason I remember is this song and I are the same age. Let's go to 1980 and Kenny Rogers. I was listening when you said this was the, uh, a sanctioned. It is a sanctioned karaoke. Yeah, song. I was listening. Third Eye Blind, Jumper. No, that's not what this is. Oh, this is Starboy. Be I, careful. I, I, I skipped to ahead. Yeah, 
uh, Starboy, The Weekend, Daft Punk. I skipped over Timbaland, Apologize, <laughs> and say, Third Eye said, Blind. You said Third Eye Blind. I was like, I don't think <laughs> sounds a little new to be Third Eye Blind. <laughs> they just insist on not playing. That's well, I mean, okay. it's a good song that you're playing right there. Yeah, it's not bad. Plus, I don't really like Jumper. MB's Pearl of Wisdom. I'd have thought it was Third Eye Blind right there singing. It's right on the money. We are what we repeatedly do. Excellence, then, is not an act, but a habit. We are what we repeatedly do. Excellence, then, is not an act, but a habit. MB's Pearl of Wisdom for today. Remember, God loves you, and I do, too. If you don't know Jesus, let me know, and I'll introduce you. Look forward to seeing you back here tomorrow for another edition of our show. For Sam Gormley, for Beej, I'm MB, and now you're in the know.